Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. My name is John Rivero, and our special guest on this episode is Farouk Abbas. Farouk is a designated charter professional accountant and is also a certified general accountant. He distinctively holds an engineering degree from the U.S., as well as a Master of Business Administration and a Master of Aeronautical Science degree from one of the world's leading aerospace universities. He holds a Lean Six Sigma Green Belt and has been instrumental in various process improvement initiatives at organizations that he served. He has a wide variety of professional experience in industries such as aerospace, healthcare, CPG, hospitality, research, consulting, and not-for-profit management. Please help me welcome Farouk. Hey, Farouk. Hi, John. How are you today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And we're thank you for inviting me to this podcast. Yes, we are. We're very excited about having you on the podcast. I know you and I we met back at a LinkedIn local event, and you were telling me about some of the work that you were doing in the nonprofit space around mentoring and helping new Canadians come into the workforce in Canada. And I thought you would be the perfect guest for for the type of audience and content that we speak to. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So we're going to get into this, and I, I and I want to make sure I know when we spoke for the first time, you gave me some really valuable information in terms of things that could help newcomers. And uh, I know you mentored quite a few newcomers that to come into Canada for the first time. So before we get into that, what made you get into this type of work? Uh, so basically, when I was working for uh, Deloitte Consulting, um, they had a partnership with TRIAC. That's an organization that offers the mentorship to the new immigrants, and it link up uh, professionals in Canadian uh, job market with new immigrants. So that really, um, I started working on that for three to four years back. And that's how I got involved, and uh, I really enjoyed um, assisting the new immigrants in their job search and providing them guidance in terms of their resume and um, in job interview preparation. So it, it always gave me a great pleasure uh, to assist someone and when someone gets a job in their field and when they call me back and they say, hey, for, thank you for your efforts and I've got a job. It just is a great satisfaction. There's nothing that can compare to that. I am with you 100%. And I know the feeling... Uh, of giving and, and and just you know helping others you you yourself you you were mentioning that you actually made the transition from the US and Canada which is part of the reason why you got into this area in the first place uh that is correct right and you was um i was uh, working as an aeronautical engineer uh, for a helicopter manufacturer and most of my experience was in helicopter quality assurance uh, specifically designing um, also for the police as well as the electronic news gathering helicopters. But when I moved to um, Canada, I realized that the market here was not as wide and there are no manufacturers for uh, helicopters and especially for police helicopters as well as electronic news gathering. Um, luckily, I had an MBA um, in the background. so. I realized that the market in engineering was not as good, but market for management as well as uh, finance was good. 
And then I started my career, uh, my schooling in CPA. Uh, and then slowly and slowly, I ended up uh, completing those courses while I was working. It took me six years, six to seven years, but eventually I got my chartered uh, three years back. And uh, during that time, uh, while I was going to school, it also gives you a great uh, respect in the work environment that they realize that you are going through that process, you're working hard. And it has always been a great experience for me uh, in terms of getting the jobs. That's fantastic. And I know, you know, and, and like you said, a lot of institutions and organizations here in Canada are very supportive of people that go through the educational program while they're still working. So as you know, I know you mentioned in, in one of your roles, I think it was Deloitte specifically, uh, in terms of your mentoring, you got involved as a way of giving back. So when you started mentoring and, and coaching, I guess, coaching, mentoring individuals, what were some of the biggest challenges that you saw that new Canadians faced when they were looking for work in, in the Canadian workplace? Uh, so um, within the Canadian uh, workspace as well, and um, especially in Toronto, because most of the immigrant influxes in Toronto, uh, Toronto is a huge market for um, immigrants uh, as well as for jobs. Uh, so I have seen on both ways, uh, not only as a job seeker, but also when I was uh, at Deloitte and I was looking to hire folks, I was always amazed uh, that we always had openings in the job market at work. And at the same time, when I go out and meet with folks, they always said they couldn't find any work. So when I got more into that and I realized that there was a wide gap between the understanding of the immigrant in terms of their understanding of the workspace in Canada, Canada as such. Mm -hmm. For example, when they apply for the job, I have seen that they use one generic resume and apply to various jobs in one company. So that pretty much is hurting them. At the same time, um, I, I, I usually think that I, I'm strong on that belief is that if folks come in here and take some courses in English, um, because we have good grammar uh, coming in from immigrants, but the accent was always on the weak side. So if folks start taking some courses in English while they're improving their presence and presentation skills, that helps a lot. And the third most important point is I had realized was that at the interviews, usually now and even before when I asked the candidates that do you have any questions for me? Because of the culture back home, you don't ask questions, you pretty much reply back. But I had seen that gap here was that I want them to ask me questions and challenge me um, and they would not ask me any questions. So that was a shift for me that I always ask my um, mentees to look for that and then they look out for markets in jobs, search for the company, ensure to tailor make their resumes and then apply for one job at a time. Yeah, no, that's great advice. And it's actually one of the things that we also teach, uh, teach our, our, our we, we, we teach our clients is, is to customize a resume. And I know it's challenging, especially when you're so desperate for work, you just want to get your resume out to as many people as possible. But without customizing, you're not actually speaking to the job description. And this is why we believe it's so important to really take your time 
and, and apply to each job individually by highlighting certain things that are specific to that role. So as you were coaching people through taking their resume from generic to something more specific, what would be one or two key points that you would have people highlight in their resume to make it look like it's more customized? Um, usually, um, when I have seen the resumes, um, uh, they, they miss the factor of their achievements when they work for certain employers. Um, if you want to be a nine to five employer, anybody can do any job, but if you really want to stand out mm -hmm. uh, amongst the crowd who are applying, ensure to write down your achievements on the resume after each job. What the work you have done is good, great, but also what kind of achievements you have done in terms of reducing the workload for other employees or making any process improvements. Those sort of um, points always make you stand out and speak more about those points in your interviews. Create stories that how did you improve certain processes? How did you um, reduce, uh, everybody's looking for bottom line increases. So how did you work to reduce some um, hours at work at uh, work used to take for example 12 hours now you have reduced it down to five or six hours mm -hmm. so you highlight those points um, that always stands out amongst the crowd no absolutely and actually bringing those data points and actually i think you touched on it you know telling the story you know how do you take and you unfold the story that shows how you were able to improve something. So this is great. So this is great information. Um, in terms of your story and, and when you when you're coaching your your mentees on how to structure a story, what would be one or two tips that you would give them so they could structure a story that delivers a stronger message? So um, during our uh, work experiences, we have all observed that there are problems. I mean, there are problems when you look at any of the processes, any day-to-day -day activities you're doing, there are problems. And if you had found a solution to it and you have really wholeheartedly tried to work to solve that problem, ensure to write it down. Um, and I always um, ask um, not only the, my mentees, by my, but also my friends, that on day-to-day -day basis, you have your master resume that should have any work you're doing day to day or any improvements you have done on the processes, keep adding those points. So your master resume can end up being four, five, six pages. And when you're applying for a job, pick up the points from that master resume and try to see which of those points are matching with the job descriptions you're applying and bring those points to that resume which you're gonna apply with. So that always helps because we tend to forget the kind of work we have done for organizations. And it's always a great idea to make sure that you keep writing it in your master resume. Even now I have a master resume and it's about seven, eight pages long. And I keep making sure that on monthly or you know, twice a month, I write one or two points of anything significant I have done this month in, at the work. And that really um, helped me, for example, five to six years down the road, if I'm looking to apply for a job, it'll be easy for me to find out any of the relevant information from that master, and I can transfer that information into the resume and apply with it. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I would have never thought of taking and adding points as you're going through your job today. So whether you're 
you're in Canada or you're outside of Canada having that master resume and adding in those individual points and then filtering it afterwards and custom, man, that's, that's so wise. Wow. That's a, it's a great, no, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's great because it's simple because we all go through those experiences where we forget. And I think we're, we're all, you know, everybody kind of goes through this. We forget what we've done and we forget what we've accomplished by taking one or two little bullet points and throwing it into your resume makes it so much easier afterwards to take out what you don't need and leave in what's, what's relevant and important. So that's definitely a great way of, uh, of, of capturing and, and maintaining a record and a history of all the information that's required for maybe the upcoming job that you're applying for. So that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Great. Yeah. And the other point I always uh, mention is that when you're applying for a job um, and when you're attaching your resumes online um, job, make sure to write down your name and the job you're applying for. Um, so for example, I write down Farooq Abbas underscore financial analyst. And in that way, when you're applying it to that, and I also would add the name of the company. So usually candidates are applying five, six, seven jobs at a time. And hopefully they are applying with tailor-made resume to each job or mm -hmm. each company. When they receive a call, it will be easy for them to pick up what resume they sent out. And the employer would also think that they have spent time to create that resume and they have given them a name of not only uh, the position, but also for the company. So it looks good both ways and it will be a good filing practice even for candidates. Yeah, great tip. I, I really like how you're keeping a record. And I, and I think a lot of candidates, as they're going, we call it the machine gun approach, as they're just firing resumes out to different companies. Uh, I, and I've seen it and I've seen where, you know, you call up a candidate and you, you start talking to them about the job and they're like, oh, well, which job is this? Right, <laughs> because right. they've applied to so many different jobs. So right. it's a great, great tip in terms of keeping and managing the jobs that you're applying for to make sure that you're actually speaking to the right job when the right person speaks or when the right person calls you. So, you know, that you're aligned with what the person's going to ask you. So this is great. So we're going to keep going on this. So we're just going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Are you planning to move to Canada and concerned about how you will find your first job? Maybe you're already here and struggling to get that big break. As a newcomer to Canada myself, I knew the best time to be prepared for a job search is before I needed the job. My name is Connell Valentine and I'll be your online course instructor helping you get the job soon after and maybe even before you land in Canada. I'll be sharing my screen while helping you build your brand new Canadian resume that will delight recruiters. We will create a direct email marketing campaign to hiring managers that will make you stand out from your competition. We will then be doing a demo of a real online job application, showing you the precise steps you need to follow to quadruple your chances at getting the job interview. And finally, to get the inside info on the vast majority of the hidden job market, I'll show you how real networking is done in Canada. The average salary in Canada is well over $200 per day. Don't waste any more time and money being unemployed while trying to find the right way to job search. 
get lifetime access to these courses at the link in the show notes below at courses.zerotohired.com. Use it to get your first job fast and to get your promotional jobs in your future. Okay, welcome back to the second half of the Zero to Hired podcast. And our special guest this week is Farouk Abbas. Farouk, when we left off, you were talking about taking the the resume, the application that you were using for the job and, and keeping record to make sure that, you know, when a, an employer calls you, a recruiter or a hiring manager, that you have a record of the job that you're applying for. And it makes it look like your job application is customized. So you gave us a great tip there. What I wanted to ask you about was um, outside of doing the ra- the master resume, are there any other tips that you give your mentees in terms of preparation for the interview and some of the things that they should be looking out specifically for when they're about to go into an interview and they're going through that entire process? Sure. I mean, uh, that is the most important aspect uh, of uh, locating a job and um, scoring a job pretty much. So... Um, I usually, uh, even now with experience, I like to spend four to eight hours for one job interview. And in that, what I do is that, again, before the job interview, I will have bullet points from the job description and I'll match it with my own resume bullet points and also with the achievements. And with the achievement, I have a story that I already have covered. So I will try to put these three things in perspective and for each bullet point on the job description, on my resume, and with my achievement, I'll be able to speak easily at the um, interview process. So I ask my mentees to ensure that they also write the stories, that the kind of work they have done, the process improvements and things like that in the past, and ensure to have a whole you know, a storyline behind it. And in that storyline, they can cover so many questions which the interviewer is going to ask. For example, strengths or weaknesses or any problem you have solved when you were in the meeting. And any of those, when any of those questions come up, you can always refer back to that particular story. So for each interview, you will have two or three stories that will be enough for you to cover the entire interview. And the other point I always mention is to research about the company. Ensure that you have read the vision and mission statement of the companies. Um, You have to understand the culture of the company. Um, If they track a record of their carbon footprints, um, what kind of um, revenues or sales they have in the past, because I'm from the finance background, so of course I'm going to talk about finance-related uh, subjects also. And if there is any news about the company that had recently emerged on the newspaper or on the media, ensure to write those questions relating to that research. And you would end up having eight to ten questions with you and type them up and, ins- and take it with you in the interview. Uh, typed up eight to ten interviews and try to make an interactive interview. Just don't give the answers of the question interviewer asks you, but during the interview, also ask questions. Mm-hmm. So when, you'll be amazed that when you'll have that process of interactive interview going on, for example, I'll give my own example. If I go to an interview, if interviewer has set aside a time for one hour for me, 
I will ensure that I, out of that one hour, I ask questions for at least 20, 25 minutes. And that shows that you have prepared and you are really into the job and you're really into the, uh, into the company you're applying for and you have an interest about the company and you have read what kind of products they're coming out with, what kind of marketing campaigns they have run. So you can sort of uh, play around with different gambit of the company and discuss in, the, in your interview. So it will leave a great impression on the interviewer. And at the, at the end of the interview, when the interviewer asks um, the candidate that, do you have any question? Ensure to show that paper to him that, hey, yes, I have wrote down eight to 10 uh, questions. This is the research I have done. I usually print out any uh, news clips I have or anything else about the company. And I show it to them that, yes, I have done this research and these are the questions I have. And I have asked few of the questions already during the process of the interview, but in the end, I will ask you a couple of more questions. I understand that we have time constraints, so that's why I'm not gonna ask you five or six questions, but at the last, ask at least two well thought out questions. And before you leave, ask for their email address where you can send them a thank you email after the work, after the interview and also thank them and ask them what is the next um, step in this hiring process is. So when you go in the interview, I have seen uh, most of the folks, they are extremely uh, stressed out. Uh, but if you're preparing eight, you know, four to eight hours for the interview, you have covered all areas which they're gonna ask you. And if you're so well prepared, you will enjoy the interview process. You would not be stressed out, but you rather enjoy the discussion and instead of one hour, you'll end up spending one hour, 15 minutes. And my own meter is that if you have spent anything above one hour, the chances are really good for you to get the interview. Do not come out of it in like 40 minutes. Or 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I think you touched on some really great points. The, the four to eight hours is definitely, you, you have to treat job search like a job almost because it, it does take time and and I find that a lot of, it depends on the role that you're applying for, but a lot of people want to do it quickly. Yes. And the way I explain it to them is, you know, you think about it, the time and effort that you put in is going to equate to the type of income you're going to be receiving. So the more work and time and effort you put in to a higher level role, the more prepared you'll be, the higher the chances of you asking for a higher income based on the same role. Uh, it it definitely improves your chances because now, you know, you're you're doing the work and, and it pays off because instead of making 45 or 50 or 60 or even depending on whatever the number is, um, you can increase your percentage of pay by 10 to 20 percent more if you go in better prepared with the right information. This way, when you're asking and you get to the piece of the interview where you're not the actual interview, but the job offer, the negotiation piece. It gives you a little bit more leverage. It's definitely important. Yes. And it's interesting that you say eight to 10 questions. You, you know, I've, and I know you've done this as well. You, you've, you must have interviewed hundreds of people. Right. And we're lucky if we get maybe one or two questions. That's and correct. we're not really being engaged. And I, I, you touch on a very important topic of engagement with the person on the other side of the table. It definitely should be a conversation. And if you're doing that for 20 minutes of your interview, wow. Wow, yeah. I don't, I don't know how many, and you, I don't know how many interviews you've done where you people usually don't go more than five minutes in terms of their questions. 
Yes, exactly. I mean, I think um, I had, uh, for example, I had a friend of mine, he applied for a job, uh, for a controller level job, financial controller level job, and we were chatting right before his interview. And I asked him the same um, uh, research. So he did some research and we saw a slight surge in the company's sales two years back and it was flat from there. So I told him to write down the question that whether that company had acquired another company or what happened in, for example, 2014, that all of a sudden your sales went up and it's steady at that point. So either you have acquired a company or either you had a great marketing campaign going or either you had a great sales leader. So what happened uh, that you had a great number in one year and it's just a steady number after that. And when he wrote down those three questions and asked the VP during the interview process, the VP was amazed uh, that yes, I mean, they had acquired a company and because of the revenue of that company and the sales revenue of that company, they had a spike and they have not been able to increase the sales and they are going to hire a VP of sales from there to increase the sales. So it just shows that you're well prepared and you are there to offer the recommendations to the senior leadership also. Yeah, I know it definitely takes you to a different level because now your engagement is there because now you've shown that you've done the research, you've gone into the background of the organization and you're genuinely interested. Like you typically can't be genuinely interested in an organization if you go, you don't go into the details. And I think you actually, you, you clearly helped that individual and I'm pretty sure you got the job. Can you I did. say, you say you that with confidence? Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely gives you an edge because there's, you know, and when I, what I try to tell candidates and, and clients is, you know, for every job posting, you can get up to 300 people applying for the same role. Exactly. So it is, it, it's a pretty, it's a pretty tough job market. It's, it's not impossible to get work. If you do it right, you take the right steps. And Farouk, you've covered quite a few of all the right steps to take. Uh, you're definitely going to give yourself an advantage in the job market. And especially for, for new Canadians, right? Because you're competing against the people that are here. And then, you know, there's also the market of new Canadians that are also entering the, entering the Canadian workforce. So you're, you're competing against everybody. So the better armed you go into the, to the interview process, the better off you're going to be. So um, in terms of follow-up, so you talked about email. And I'm wondering, you know, is email the only way you can connect with somebody after the interview? Um, I personally um, ask for first sending out an email, uh, just a thank you email. And one more point I would like to uh, introduce is that during the, when you're preparing for your job interview, search who this hiring manager is and who the interviewer is. Mm -hmm. Read about their LinkedIn profile. I mean, what kind of backgrounds they have and what kind of uh, work, volunteer work they do. Because um, usually uh, folks who are doing the volunteer kind of work or any other uh, activities, they have that kind of information on their LinkedIn page uh, detailed. So try to build some sort of connection that way. And when you're in the interview, on the softer side of the interview, ask about the volunteer work they do because that will create some kind of rapport from there. And after the interview and you come back, when you offer them a thank you email, follow up after two weeks. Don't keep sending the emails because the hiring process takes um, a long time. Um, sometimes um, the budgets have been approved for the position. 
but all of us are in the company, third quarter results are not good and they're saying, hey, just hold on to hiring people for one more month. So there are a lot of corporate decisions that take place. So um, if you keep sending the hiring manager that email, hey, what happened? It will not look good. So follow up after two weeks with the um, HR person who had initially contacted you and ask what's going on, but don't keep sending the um, emails and bombarding them with the questions. So great tip. I, I, I like that. I, I find sometimes, so it's either one of two things, either nobody sends anything or they send too much. So uh, the one message and then a follow-up two weeks after is a great, is a great tip. I just, just to get into the details, just a little bit for is there anything that you would specify in that follow-up email? Just so for our audience members, if they're wondering, what should I include? What kind of, what kind of messaging should I put in there? What would you recommend to put it into a follow-up email? Sure, sure. Uh, just don't pick up and paste a follow-up email from Google. Uh, try to make it <laughs> customize. Uh, discuss about the points you had already discussed um, in the interview and something that you had missed and you, there was an achievement and you forgot to mention that. Also write about it and try to um, you know, link yourself with that job and try to emphasize that how valuable you can be for the company based on your experiences and based on the discussions. So um, again, it should be a customized um, thank you email incorporating everything you have discussed and what you can bring to the table. Um, and I have seen folks keep, uh, even I receive thank you email to their cut and paste from uh, Google. <laughs> Yeah. Though <laughs> somebody I know says, you know, don't use the default, don't be a default, customize right. your messaging. So yeah, including parts of the conversation is is key to to having a successful follow-up. Um definitely a great tip. So Farouk, you know, we're we're coming to the to the end, to near the end of our podcast. Uh if people wanted to get a hold of you because I know one of the things that you said is you're opening you're you're open to to sharing information and, and having people connect with you. What would be the best way for people to do that? Um, I think uh, connecting to the LinkedIn profile. I think, uh, John, you'll be uh, sharing my LinkedIn profile link. Yeah. Uh, so that would be the great idea um, on that link on my uh, LinkedIn profile. There's an email address. Um, send me an email. If you're in town or if you're in Canada, you have recently immigrated, uh, send me an email or send me a message. Um, but I usually receive um anywhere from uh, four to five uh, invitations a day. And sometimes I also get messages um, from folks who ask me that if we are hiring in our company and I'll say, yes, we are. And I'll send them the link for their job posting. And then they say, great, I will apply. But would your company be offering me a visa to come to Canada to interview for the process? <laughs> so don't ask me for those kind of questions. But I'll be more than happy if you're already in town you are a new immigrant to Canada, even if you're an older immigrant, if you have any question, because this is my passion. I have a full-time job, um, but this is my passion. And I would also like to take this opportunity because I work for a not-for-profit organization for Canadian Blood Services. So when you are in Canada and you will understand that there's a great land of opportunity, uh, there's uh, there's some sort of uh, obligation on the citizens of Canada is, and one of those obligations that we have to donate blood. So take part in that uh, because all I ask for is that, you know, if you donate blood, somebody else can use it. So mm -hmm. I would think that uh, your um, podcast, John, would be able to link the new immigrants and they can understand that how giving 
Canadians are, and I would like to use this platform to address this message. No, definitely. I'll make sure I include a, a link to Canadian Blood Services. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's an important platform. And thank you for mentioning that. So I'll make sure I also include a link. So for those that are located locally in Canada, and if you want to donate blood, uh, you can find a local center nearby and you can donate. And I think they have a regular schedule of when they go out and they host events. But the website has all that information that they can access and, and uh, go out and donate at that point. So thank you, Farouk, for being on the Zero to Hire podcast. It's, it's been a pleasure having you. You've given us some really, really good information. I'm going to make sure that I capture some of the key points. I'll put it into our podcast description along with some of the links that you mentioned throughout the podcast. Uh, so thank you again for being part of our podcast. Thank you. Thank you, John, for inviting me. And I'm um, always available to assist anyone who can I assist with. Terrific. Thank you for listening into the Zero to Hired podcast. Uh, have a great one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.